Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Good Grief. My name is Dr. Christine Malone, and in this podcast, we talk about trauma, tragedy, and survival. In each episode, I will interview someone that has gone through grief in some way, and we will discuss the impact it has had on their life. By sharing these stories, we hope that others won't feel alone should they be going through similar situations. Enjoy. joining us today for our podcast. Um, today, my guest is Chelsea, and we're going to have a t- conversation about miscarriage. So the episode title is Grief After a Miscarriage. So Chelsea, you want to take a couple seconds and just give us an introduction for the for our listeners? Yeah. So my name is Chelsea Ream. Um, I have, I'm married with two children. I have a fresh six-month-old named Luna and a two-year-old named Echo. And um, I work for State Farm doing insurance sales. Uh, before that, I had a coffee truck that I owned for about four years, sold it right before the first lockdown from COVID. Perfect timing. And then, yeah, I, State Farm's actually stayed uh, work from home job. So that was like, oh, it all, nice. yeah, it kind of fell into place perfectly, yeah. I think. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a bit about, you know, the, the lead up to the miscarriage, um, like kind of how you were feeling when you found out you were pregnant and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I know this was your first baby. So just kind of give us the story of background on that. Yeah. So I actually don't, I haven't really told a lot of people the whole story, but, um, so we weren't like actively trying, it was like trying, but not trying. Like eh, if it happens, it happens, you know, not on birth control, but like no pressure whatsoever. But I also was kind of in a weird spot where I was like, I don't know if I'm like super ready for kids. Like if it takes a while, like that would actually be great. Like I'm not, you know, whatever. And then it was like quick six months. I, you know, you hear people say it took so long after birth control because your hormones are so messed up. Not my case. It just happened. And yeah, I was, I took like five pregnancy tests and I was like, it's gotta be wrong. There's no way. So I was pregnant. Um, and then we had a, trip planned for New Zealand. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is kind of like a cute little baby moon. Like this works out. Um, and I still kind of was like really nervous about my husband. Keenan was like thrilled. Like he's like, this is, I wanted to have children since we were like first started dating, like (laughs) super early on. Um, I think I was like 20, I think I was like 22 when I got pregnant for the first time. And, uh, when we were in New Zealand, we took, we, bought like a cute little onesie because it's Lord of the Rings, right? So it had like the map of, I can't remember what it is, but it's like a Lord of the Rings onesie. (laughs) It was really cute. And I got that. Then I started getting a little more excited because I'm like, this is real. Like this will be a real person. Didn't know the gender or anything. I think I was like eight weeks. Um, So super, super early, right? Like I just, I didn't even feel really different. And uh, we came home. I bought like my dad a gift from there and it was like a knife that said grandpa and I got like, I packaged everything up. Like it was so cute. And I gave my mom like the onesie and my dad the knife and he, he opened the knife first and he just like grinning, but he was waiting for my mom's reaction and we got it on video. But, um, my mom was just like, held it up and like, just put it down. And she was like, how was your trip? My dad just starts hitting her and he's like, what are you doing? Like, did you not see it? Cause I think she wasn't expecting that. Right, right. But it was the cutest thing that like, she just, of course lost it. Like just first, you know, first grandbaby, like so thrilled, so thrilled. Um, and like, same for my in-laws, like everyone was just so excited. They were the only people we told besides my sisters and stuff. So it was no one knew. Um, and then I think it was like a week after, um, I started spotting, like super, like just, it was the first day and I just started spotting and I was like, I know this could be normal. Like some people have periods the whole time, like sometimes spotting's normal. Right. So I called my mom first and I was like, 
Duke. So she actually had an ectopic pregnancy. So before any of us for her first pregnancy was ectopic. She almost died. It was super bad. So I was like, you'll know, like, my mom's everything. Should I panic? Should I call the doctor? Like, what should I do? And she was like, call the doctor. I mean, worst case scenario, they say you're fine. Right. And I mean, it was two hours after that I started getting cramping and then it was just like pit in your stomach. Right. Like then it, like, I didn't, I feel really bad and I have a lot of guilt just because I wasn't like super thrilled about being pregnant. Truth, truthfully, I was not. I was like, this is, I don't know if this is the right time. Like I'm like half the business, like this is really stressful, but I was like excited for the opportunity to have a baby. Like this will be great, you know? So it was like kind of felt a certain way about it. And when I first started having the cramping and I went in, it just got worse and worse. And then they did the ultrasound, right? And they, and they don't tell you because- oh they have to like have it evaluated and stuff by the doctor and stuff. So we're sitting there waiting in this dark room and that was like our first real ultrasound. So that was also sucky. So the first ultrasound was not good news and we get the call and um, they said, there's no heartbeat. So that was, that was difficult for both of us. And I didn't think I'd be so upset about it. And I think it just hit me that I felt guilty that, um, Sorry. <laughs> no, this that, is um, upsetting. That I didn't want them. And then when I, was, I heard the heartbeat wasn't there, I just felt really guilty that they felt like they weren't wanted the whole time. So we go home and there's nothing you can do, right? Like it's so early. It's not. It's just kind of like you have to let it pass. And um, I think it was like one in the morning and... My husband had already left for work and I, the cramps got, I mean, I didn't know it was so painful. It was like stabbing pain in your stomach. It was absolutely horrible. And I'm just like doubled over and I didn't call him. I'm just like, I'm just going to, this is going to do it. Right. And I fall back asleep and I just wake up and there's, I don't know if I have to go into a lot of detail, but it was horrible. And I go to the bathroom and I, I think I pass them in the, in the toilet, which guilt for that too. It's like, I flush them, but I'm like, what do you, what do you do? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, so that was guilt there that I kind of just like flushed my baby. Um, and then I took a shower and I called my husband and my parents and stuff. And you have to get an ultrasound after to make sure that everything has been passed and there's nothing left because you can get sepsis. So then that was, oh, my sisters were living with us. I forgot about that. My sisters were living with us. So I woke them up and I was like, you need to take me to the hospital. So, um, they took me, so that was lovely that I had people there. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, so we were just sitting and I had to get an ultrasound again and it was, um, I can't remember the one, but it's like more invasive. It goes in you. So that was horrible too. And that was traumatic. Um, and I think I had passed pretty much everything. So like there was no need for follow-up. Yeah. Yeah. So everything was safe. Everything was done as best. Like it was the best case scenario for what happened. Right. Um, but I do remember the doctor asking or the intake nurse was like, do you, you know, did you keep them? Like, do you have any evidence? And I was like, I don't, like, I just started crying. I'm like, I didn't know I had to, cause they can maybe test to see if there was something wrong, oh. you know, or just kind of maybe figure out what happened. Um, and so then I like broke down and the doctor's like, this is like, it's, I think it was like one in five or something crazy like that. He's like this ha- sometimes they do, it happens so young mm-hmm. that you don't even know, or right. there's no pain. And it's just like super, super common. There's no reason your body's just 
you think is just naturally can do it because like sometimes your body is just like, I don't know how to do this right now. And they, you just, yeah. the baby's not, doesn't make it. So that was, it's hard cause it's not like the most traumatic, you know, loss. Like I know there's a lot, you know, people have to like birth a baby or it's like a lot farther along. But I think just what was the hardest is that it wasn't, I wasn't all excited. Like, Oh my God, it's our first baby. Like it was like, I was more like stressed and I didn't know if I was ready. And so then I just felt guilty. Like first mom guilt, right? Like made them feel like they were wanted. So that, I think that was where the, why it was so hard is that I just, and I like flushed down. Like that's just not a great memory. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure. Um, so after that, you said you only told the family and mm-hmm. um, close family and so on. Um, I know when, in, when I first was married, people were always asking me, when are you going to have children? So, mm-hmm. um, did you have that where there were people asking you and they didn't even know what you've gone yeah. through and they're asking you, well, when are you going to have children? And you're thinking, well, you don't know what's going on and yeah. so on. And, and kind of how you answer that question when people ask that. Um, and I'm going to guess you just don't tell them because that's kind of what most people do. I wish I had, yeah. I wish I had to like family members know, like, of course, like that's right. a totally normal question. And they did know that we were kind of trying. So like, that was fair. Like I'd never have any friends and family. Like I, it's fine. But customers who would ask, yeah. or I had one gal who said, um, she mentioned my weight. Cause like, I know it was early on, but I started to kind of bloat a little bit. And she's like, Oh, I've noticed like, you had a little bump like are you pregnant and I wish I had been like no like I just lost them like last week like I wish I had just because that's to bring up the weight too just Mm -hmm. to double down on that I'm like god so like a lot of people did because I did have a little bit of bloat and stuff and it's summer so it was very noticeable I guess (laughs) as everyone kept pointing out so that that was really hard and then I I didn't think I got depressed, but like looking back, I think like my, the marriage was really rough for a long time for like a good year. It was just, I don't think he didn't know how to like help me grieve. I didn't know, like it's a secret, right? Like it's this awful secret that we, I feel like we're keeping because you're not going to be like, Hey, guess what happened last month to me is I had a miscarriage that no one knew about. Like, it's not something you bring up. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I don't know how to talk about this. Like I didn't look into therapy, which I probably should have. Um, so like he was, he's suffering cause he lost right. something that he, and it was hard cause it's, it wasn't like a, a baby baby, right? Like it's, a, we kind of lost like the idea of a family. Like it's like it, I don't know. That's how my mom worded it. It's like you, you're grieving what could have been right. not just like the loss and everything. It's just like, we had this picture nine months down the road of what our life was going to look like. And we lost that picture, which was hard. And I'm going through grief and I'm like, I had to go through it. So like, I'm kind of upset that he is upset, which is not fair. And I know he's upset, but it was just like, we didn't know how to help each other grieve. And it was just, it was really rough there for a little bit, but we've gotten better. Thankfully. And the hormones too. You have to give yourself oh, some true. Leeway, the leeway yeah. for the hormones for sure. Um, so you have two little ones now, two mm-hmm. beautiful little girls. I've seen their photos. They're adorable. <laughs> and I love their names. Um, how did it feel when you got pregnant again? How were you, I'm sure thinking about the first pregnancy and, and mm-hmm. um, were you worried more? Were you, uh, did you do things differently? Oh yeah. So that, I mean, even my parents, actually funny story, <laughs> my mom, when we found out they just happened to be like, 
So we live in Long Beach, Washington. So they're not super duper close to us. We live in Everett. And we had just found out and like we were trying. I mean, it was actually kind of hard the first time or the, sorry, the second time for Echo. Um, I thought we'd just get pregnant again once we started trying. And it took two years. And so I'm like, what the heck? Like there has to be like something wrong, right? Like maybe that's why we lost the first one is like, I, something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. So I went to the doctor and I think it was about a year and a half of like not conceiving. And then I talked to the doctor and she's like, a lot of people, I can't remember the percentage, but she's like, most of the time when people are struggling to conceive, it's just timing. It's not like a fertility issue. It's just, you think you're fertile this time. Cause I had a tracker. Like I had all the things I thought to do it properly. And I'm like, you're just like having sex. Like it can't be that hard, right? Like (laughs) making a baby. And apparently it's a lot more technical and timing wise. So I had started taking like the, um, Oh, what are they called? Like ovulation tests. And it was like a couple months after that. And I was like, so that was lovely. So then it was like, okay, so it's not us. It was just a timing thing, but that was two years. Like, and she's like, okay, a couple more months, we will have to do some testing. So then I started getting nervous and all that, but worked out. Um, but the day we found out my parents just happened to be driving up to like go over East and they stopped and like, we had just found out like literally a couple hours after and they show up and I just start crying and I'm like, like, well, we're pregnant. Like, oh my God. And like crying into her shoulder. And she's like, she just sees me running to her sobbing. So she's like, dear God, what's happening? And <laughs> it ended up being great, but it wasn't like the sweet moment like we had with the first. Mm-hmm. So I had, I've had certain feelings about that. Like I felt guilty that we didn't make that time to do something special. But then I was also scared that I'm going to do this big, beautiful, special thing, get it on camera, have this joyful thing and like watch it get taken away again. I just have this sweet video of grief basically to look at. Um, so we didn't do a fun announcement for anybody. It was even my sisters, like for them, the first time I got like the wine bottle, like wraps, it's like, you're going to be an aunt. It's like, we just, everything was very sweet and thoughtful and thought out and going forward. I'm like, we're just going to tell them, like, <laughs> just tell them. Um, so that was already different doing it that way. And then we didn't announce it until, oh God, I think we we're like 22 weeks. Like it was pretty far along. I was just like, I want to like know that we're pretty safe. I mean, it can happen at any time. Right. But I wanted to like be very, very sure. Like I was feeling her move. So I was like this, I feel better about this. So then we did our announcement and then, then we got to have fun. Right. Then it was really exciting and stuff. But up until then it was just, I was just a nervous wreck and I didn't have like all the things you're not supposed to do. Like I had no coffee, like no sugar, no like crazy, like exercising. Like I was like, this is just, I'm going to just saran wrap my my uterus basically. <laughs> so I was very careful. I mean, I, not that I wasn't the first time, but I was just like, we're not going to give this baby any other reason to besides grow healthy. So right. that I did a lot different for Echo. I was just so careful, so careful. And then Luna, not that I wasn't careful, but I did like have coffee, you know, and I was like, okay, I can exercise. Like we don't have to wait as long. I think we announced that like 11 weeks so I, I think having Echo come out so beautiful, so healthy, super easy pregnancy. I just felt more comfortable with Luna and, and she came out beautiful, healthy, like easy labor and everything. So thankfully I've had two beautiful girls, healthy and good labors, but 
I'm like, I don't want to push it anymore. You know, <laughs> two is good. Two is a good number. Yeah, um, two is a good number. One thing that makes me think about when in your talking, um, my third child, um, I went all the way to delivery and he was injured um, at birth due to uh, medical mistakes. And I'd already had, of course, a baby shower mm -hmm. and we had names picked out. I, I painted the room. I had made him several quilts. Mm -hmm. I was all ready to go for this wonderful, wonderful experience. And being my third child, I didn't have any fear going into that pregnancy because I had two normal pregnancies before that. So it yeah. didn't strike me at all that something bad could happen. Um, and then it was really bad. So when I got pregnant with my fourth child, um, I did everything different. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't find out the gender. I didn't uh, decorate a room. I didn't even buy a diaper, let mm -hmm. alone a onesie or anything. I had nothing. So when she was born, she was uh, 10 minutes old. And the, the nurses said to the doctor, do, you, do they know they have a girl? Um, we didn't, so we didn't yeah. care. We heard her crying. That was all we cared. She oh. was crying. So we brought her home the next day, and I remember stopping at the grocery store to buy a, a pack of diapers because we mm -hmm. had none. But to me, I needed to do it very differently <clears throat> that time because I, I, I needed to not become attached to yeah. that baby too early on because um, I knew bad things could happen. Mm -hmm. So that was my experience with that. So when you talk about you know doing things differently and, and not telling people until you're a little further along mm -hmm. and, and so on, and um, yeah, it can be. It just changes your life to know that things don't always go the way you think they should be, right? Like you, you think you're supposed to get pregnant. Well, that's easy. That's what life's all about, right? Yeah. Then it doesn't happen right away. And then it does and you're excited and so on. And then something bad happens. And so it's kind of like those life lessons of things don't always go our way and it kind of sucks, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, I would like to know, I mean, I have not had a miscarriage, um, but I would like to know if you were sitting with someone who'd recently suffered a miscarriage, what advice would you give them would you what would what would you say what would be helpful i mean depression's a real thing mm -hmm. um you know you have the, the marriage and so on um do you have any thoughts on what you could have done that would have helped you or someone else might do that could help for them i think just talking about it because i i I, th uh, I didn't start talking about it openly until i think after echo i think maybe a year after that so yeah, like three, three and a half years, I was like, this happened and I'm not, it's not a dirty secret. It's not something I need to be ashamed about. And I actually saw a friend open up about it on Facebook and I was like, I had no idea. And she had multiple mm -hmm. and they were a lot worse for, I mean, I, it's a horrible scale, but like in terms of like miscarriages, I felt like it was worse and harder for her. And I was like, man, like if she can like talk about that, like maybe that would be really good for me to open up about. Like, I mean, my family, no one knew, right? Like besides like parents and sisters and stuff, most of my friends didn't even know. Um, so I like started telling people about it. Like, I don't know, I don't know how like I would bring it up, but I just started talking about it. Like, yeah, I did have, this is my second pregnancy or like I did have, you know, miscarriage. And I kind of started talking about a little more of like the dirty details because it's like, I don't, I don't want to pretend like that life didn't matter and that I'm trying to like hide it. Right. It's just like, how do you talk about it? But I felt like I was finally like, I wouldn't cry every time I talk about it. Like I was kind of at peace and I had grieved. So I felt like I could like talk about it without like people being like, Oh, like, you know, like soft hands, like coddle me or anything. And it's like, it's okay. It happened. You know, I'm, we're okay now, but this happened. So I think just talking about it in, kind of takes away some of that like 
bad feeling. Like I just felt bad. Like I just felt like it was a dirty secret and I couldn't talk about it. And I'm like, that's just absurd when it's one in five women. I mean, you sit in a room of women, like your friends, I'm sure like a good chunk of them have gone through it. So it's like, like my friend talking about it gave me the power to talk about it. So I don't know if anyone ever felt that way about me doing it, but I just, I think just talking about it and just voicing it and give that little life that was there, the, yeah. the acknowledgement it needed. And it isn't necessarily about you talking about it and helping others. It's also about helping yourself mm-hmm. and, and you feeling better about mm-hmm. it. So it's, it's, yeah. It Instantly. It's, yeah. I started feeling better. It was yeah. like wild. It was like a weight lifted. Like it was just, like I said, like a dirty secret, like for some reason. And it's like, it happened. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of just nice, just voicing it. Yeah. Nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to be embarrassed no. about. Again, one in five women. So yeah, you nuts. think about how much better people would feel those one in five women if they, mm-hmm. you know, shared that with other people that where they felt safe to do so. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, do you have anything else to share with us today that you want to include in this episode? Uh, women are really tough. Yeah, women yeah, are pretty I, badass. Completely agree there. <laughs> uh, well, thank you again for for being on this episode. I really appreciate you sharing. I know I know some of these details can be really really painful to go into, and and be honest, even doing these interviews, I, I experienced some of my own emotion. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I, I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Good Grief. To hear more about my personal story, please pick up a copy of the book, The Spider Killer, a memoir of trauma, tragedy, and survival. You can find the book on Amazon and Kindle. Chelsea, testing. Test, test, test. I'm happy to test along blah, with blah, you. Blah, yes, blah, 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 blah. There it is.